Welcome to episode three of the Balls, Buckets, and Balls, Buckets, and Bullshit podcast. I'm your host, Joey Morales. Joining me is Drew Clark, aka Ronald McFondled. How you doing, man? Pretty good, Joey. How about you? Doing great, man. Uh, podcast is often often running. Uh, excited today. We're gonna today we're gonna break, continue on with our NFL breakdown. We're gonna break down uh, the NFC North today. So uh, let's go ahead and jump right into it. Let's start off with the Lions. So last year they go nine and seven. They win a wild card spot. Uh, Matthew Stafford throws for over four thousand yards, completes sixty five point three percent of his passes, twenty four touchdowns to ten interceptions. You know he led the team to the playoffs despite a subpar like you know receiving core after the loss of Calvin Johnson. Uh, he did finish seventh in scoring among QBs last year, but uh, you know he's currently kind of being drafted outside the top ten. So a lot of people don't think he's going to be able to repeat it. You know, this, top, this offense really wanted to go up-tempo at the beginning of last year and uh, could try the same, which might give him more attempts. And if you're waiting on QBs, I think he might be a solid option that uh, will have a, a 10 games in dome stadiums this year, which is going to be really good to avoid bad weather. What do you think, Drew? I think you still got to watch out for him, though. Um, the Lions offense finished 21st last year in total yards, 20th in scoring. They didn't have much of a run game, so that's pretty much all on his arm. But if that even goes down slightly, uh, they've added only a few weapons for him, um, mostly young guys, wide receivers like Galladay and the tight end Roberts. And so without more uh, veteran weapons, he might have some trouble. Definitely. So, you know, one of his uh, main receivers, Golden Tate, uh, last year, 91 receptions, uh, 10, 1077 in yards, four touchdowns. He led the team. In yards, but uh, he struggled a little early uh, on last season. But his kind of his volume kind of spiked once uh, Jim Bob Cooter got him more involved in the offense. Um, now that Anquan Bolden is gone, he might go back into the slot a little bit more, which uh, might take advantage of the skills that he has at creating separation. And uh, if if that's the case, he might be able to see a consistent volume of targets. I think I'd pick him around wide receiver twenty five, uh, somewhere in that range. Uh, what do you think? Well, you have to worry about Marvin Jones as well. Uh, he was got a ton of targets last year too. Um, he went off big on a few games, uh, but didn't see the consistency that Golden Tate did. So if either of them can play the slot, so it really depends on what Cooter wants to do to move these guys around. Yeah, the, just the next player I was actually going to talk about, Marvin Jones. Last year he got 55 receptions, 930 yards, four touchdowns. He had a ton of hype last year as a potential breakout player, and at first it looked like that was all going to come true. He had over 400 yards and two touchdowns in his first three games, but then it drastically declined. You know, the hype has pretty much since gone on uh, Marvin Jones uh, compared to what it was last year, but the talent and his role, I think, will still remain. And I think he could be actually a little bit of a fantasy sleeper uh, that's currently being drafted, actually really low around wide receiver 50. What do you think? I think think so too. Uh, He seems to thrive uh, when someone else is taking the majority of the targets. You know, he used to have A.J. Green when he was in Cincinnati. Uh, Just anyone else, he works well when he can uh, have someone to compliment him. And so maybe their rookie big receiver, Kenny Galladay, can – uh, help him out there, and he can really thrive. Yeah, and it, I think it really helps uh, for the passing game to be able to play in a dome uh, ten games out of the uh, out of the year, which is pretty uh, pretty big. So, what's uh, any other receiving options you want to talk about? Uh, I mean, the question will always be: Is Eric Ebron ever going to be good? Um, the tight end, he always seems to 
inexplicably drop balls, fumble. He has all the talent in the world, but he can't seem to get his act straight on the field. Um, so you never know with him. And their run game is still just a big question mark with guys like Amir Abdullah. Um, yeah, I was actually just about to talk about the running game. Yeah, so you have Amir Abdullah, and I put Amir Abdullah slash the rest of them. Uh, uh, you know, they, they, they've got uh, the Zach white guy, Center, Zach, yeah, Zach Center, Center and, Riddick, uh, Dwayne Washington. Yeah, you know, so it. Abdullah st- uh, struggled staying healthy. He had a surgery for a Liz Frank tear, I think that's how you say it. Um, yep. You know, so it's hard to know if he can maintain the role of an early down uh, running back. You know, and the Zach Center, the Riddick, Dwayne Washington, they all kind of could chip in, and really none of them rushed for over 400 yards last season. So this kind of backfield seems like a kind of a mess at this point. Uh, maybe the preseason might be able to sort some things out, but as as for now, it's just looks like a total stay away. Exactly. So looking at this team, um, you know, I think they might have a chance at the wild card again, but like you're saying, the offense really could struggle. And uh, the defense struggled last year, too. And I, I don't think they're going to be able to win a wild card this year. And, you know, of course, with Aaron Rodgers in the division, the division title is probably out of the cards, too. I think they go around 8-8, eight and eight, maybe 9-7, and seven, if they can uh, keep uh, pull things together and keep their receivers healthy and running backs healthy. But I think they go about 8-8. Eight and eight. What do you think? That's what I think, too. I actually had 8-8 eight and eight written down. Um, they went 7-9 and nine in 2015, 9-7 last year. They always seem to be a middling team. They, you know, they always run into their normal problems. So we'll totally see. Um, they're due to have a great season. So I wouldn't be shocked to see them do well. But my gut tells me that the defense won't be able to keep up with a lot of young guys on it. Offense yeah. has been doing well for a while now. And we'll see if they can keep that up. All right, so let's go ahead and uh, talk about the Vikings now. Last year they went 8-8, eight and eight, missed out on the playoffs. Obviously at the quarterback position, you have Sam Bradford who stepped in after Teddy Bridgewater goes down. Um, and you, it's looking like Bradford's going to stay in the starting role. That injury to uh, Teddy was pretty pretty bad. Last year he put up uh, 3,800 uh, 3, yards, uh, completed actually 71.6% of his passes, which to me just jumped right off the page. Yeah, 20, touchdowns five, yeah, 20 touchdowns to five interceptions for a four ratio, which is also pretty good. Uh, this offense kind of turned into a check down offense, uh, you know, high percentage passes. I'm not sure if he'll be able to put up a good enough numbers for you to trust weekly, but definitely if he, he has some match, uh, there's definitely weeks where you'll be able to pick him and uh, start him just based off a matchup alone. You know, he has a couple weapon, uh, weapons in uh, Stephon Diggs and Kyle Rudolph, but I don't know if it'll be enough for him to have a top 15 season. But uh, what do you think? I agree. Um, also, you never know. What, there's been a lot of talk about Teddy Bridgewater's uh, comeback, how he's been performing pretty well uh, running and throwing and stuff. And you just never know what, what move they're going to make there. Are they going to stick with Bradford? Are they going to go with Teddy? Are they going to... Try to is what if one of them struggles and they have to switch the beginning of the season or midway through the season? Yeah, it, very it's true. It's just a big question mark with both of those guys. Yeah, when they traded for Bradford, uh, you could tell the upper management thought that this team was definitely Super Bowl caliber, uh, looking at its defense as well. So there's definitely a lot of question marks in the quarterback situation. So let's talk about some of the receivers. Uh, first one up, Stephon Diggs. 84 receptions, 903 yards, three touchdowns. He started off the season great, but then it began to develop injuries. He got a, had a bad groin, knee, hip. 
Um, you know, he runs mostly out of the slot, so he should see a consistent flow of targets. Since since Bradford likes to check it down, I mean, you look at that 71.6% completion percentage, that's that's definitely a lot of check down. So, you know, if he can stay healthy, he could potentially put up a top 25 season. Um, his value obviously is a little bit better in PPR. But, uh, you know, it's there's definitely going to be uh, concerns if he can stay healthy. Yeah, without any other guys on this team, really, I mean, there's Mike Wallace and Kyle Rudolph, but Diggs is their guy as far as the receiving target goes. So he um, he's the guy to have. Other than that, um, he's got to stay healthy, like you were saying. Those soft tissue injuries can be pretty scary, and you never know if they'll fully recover, if that will be a uh, you know repeat injury for them in the future. So uh, Diggs seems to be a – I would take him about where you would take Golden Tate yeah, so the the only other receiving option besides Kyle Rudolph I want to talk about is Adam Thielen. Thielen, um, Thielen. he had sixty <laughs> Thielen. So he had sixty nine receptions, uh, nine hundred sixty seven yards, five touchdowns. You know, he surprisingly led the team in yards uh, for a near a thousand yard season. But uh, he only had three one hundred yard games, and he only scored eight or more fantasy points in five out of sixteen games, which is concerning. So you could tell a lot of his production came in a very uh, few, few games. His role could be increased if Diggs struggles uh, with injuries again. But for fantasy, he's more, for me, a, a deep league stash than a consistent play at this point. Yeah, I agree. Again, uh, it just seems to be kind of a wasteland for wide receivers there if Diggs can't yeah. stay healthy. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about um, the tight end, Kyle Rudolph. Last year, 83 receptions, 840 yards, 7 TDs. He gets a ton of looks. Uh, he got 8 or more targets in 11 games last year. And surprisingly, at least to me, he finished as the number 2 tight end last year in PPR scoring. And so, you know, that's not something I think people realize. And so I think he might go under look for guys, you know, like Delaney Walker, Kelsey. But he has just as big of a role in his, in his offense as the rest of them do. You know, he could be a good snag for consistent tight end production, which is very valuable uh, considering everyone has to fill that position. And I think he'll probably have a top five season again. I agree. He's uh, been a beast. He had a down year in 2015. But other than that, uh, he's been pretty consistent his entire career. And especially now that the Vikings have brought in Dalvin Cook through the draft, uh, it seems like they should be able to run the ball better, maybe get uh, Rudolph involved in some play action get that tight end involved on the goal line a little easier just the guy i wanted to talk about so they trade up to get uh cook uh, he's likely going to probably install him as the starting running back you know they they've been comparing him to d'angelo williams which if if he is like him that's a that's a good thing you know he could shine as a rookie in this role but there are concerns that latavius murray could steal some goal line work um obviously you're going to have Jarek mckinnon back there to stay as the third down and passing role back um, so that you know that could be a huge concern if you're kind of willing to take a little bit of a gamble on him i i kind of peg him around r- running back 25 or so uh, in that range what do you think uh, drew you know i fully believe in delvin cook i think he's going to be the man for them watching him playing oh, yeah. college was a treat to watch his patience and vision it reminded me of Le'Veon bell or jordan howard even in his rookie year just able to sit behind that o-line and look for the holes and just dart through and pick up the extra yards. He truly is a treat. I think he's going to uh, work really well in the Vikings offense and uh, take actually be their number one option for all 
offense. I could 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 totally agree. I mean, even when Latavius Murray was with Oakland, you know, they they didn't really like him, and you know, there's it's there must be a reason for that. Uh, obviously, Jerick McKinnon d- McKinnon didn't really do too good when he got put in the starting role uh, when you know AP goes down. So, you know, if if he looks really good, I'm, I bet they're gonna. They're going to be willing to put him in whatever role they want, considering uh, how young he is. So, any other players you want to talk about? Uh, the Vikings. You know, I don't really have anybody other than that defense and special teams. They were great last year. They added some more firepower up front this year. I see no reason they can't be a good defense again. That's a great point. We haven't brought up a defense yet on the Triple uh, B pod, so that's that's a very good point. I remember they definitely scored a lot of points uh, for people's teams. Uh, last year so you know looking at this team i think zimmer could actually have this team playoff ready he's a he seems like a great motivate motivator but i just don't be able to see them best aaron Rodgers and the packers and you know their defense is going to have to carry the offense uh to a maybe a wild card i see them going eight and eight nine and seven somewhere around there uh honestly kind of depending on uh, which quarterbacks in there i agree it all comes down to the quarterback uh, I'm not exactly a believer in Teddy Bridgewater. I think they should stick with Bradford. But if they are wishy-washy with who they want to start, they could drop, I think, as low as 6-10. and 10. I mean, you just never know what's going to happen with that. Uh, but they definitely could be playoff contenders when that defense uh, gets going. And if their offense can just you know, not turn the ball over, play ball control, and score points when they're in when they make it to the red zone then that's all they need to uh, get to that point yep all right so let's go ahead and talk about the packers last year they go 10 and 6 they win win the division uh first man up aaron Rodgers, that bad man Do throws, not like for four, <laughs> throws for 4400 yards completes 65.7 percent of his passes a ridiculous 40 tds and to seven interceptions and even as a good uh, pitches into the running game, too, 369 yards rushing, four TDs. Obviously, he's a top-two talent in the league at the position. So, um, you know, and he finished number one in QB scoring last year, by, and it wasn't even close, by 30 points. So, you know, he should continue to, to, uh, he should continue to be the, the, the best in uh, both real life and fantasy or second, second best. Um, you know, and this Packers D is obviously going to give up some points too, which should push uh, push to more shootout games and will mean more volume for uh, Rodgers. So I think he'll probably again finish number one in scoring. But uh, why don't you go ahead and take it, Drew? Yeah, there's no question that I think that he's the best fantasy quarterback. He just throws for too many yards. He's too efficient in the passing game when it comes to touchdowns, interceptions. His le- he's getting up there in age, but his legs are still a threat to rip off. You know, a thirty yard run here and there. Uh, and then he seems to just fake people out, do whatever he wants when it gets into the red zone. You can rush it, throw it, anything. He's all over the place. He's too good. No kidding. So uh, one of his main receiver, Jordy Nelson, coming off the ACL tear, you know, he had an incredible season. He led the team in yards, and he even finished as the number two receiver in PPR scoring with 97 receptions, uh, 1,257 yards, 14 touchdowns. You know, his connection with Rodgers might be the best in all of football, and I think he's going to see another great season. You know, his ability to move around in the offense from the outside to the slot I think is really key because it keeps uh, better cornerbacks from shadowing him. And we saw him, you know, shred even good cornerbacks last year. You know, I'd pick him anywhere around wide receiver four to six, but to be quite honest, I wouldn't be surprised if we finish higher just as he did last year. 
Yeah, what do you think? I, w- I wouldn't be afraid to take Nelson too high even. I, he is, just has that connection with Rodgers that you can't even put the numbers on where he will he's always where Rodgers is looking at when the plays break down and he can convert that into points any day. Um, you know, so 4 to 6 sounds about right, but if he falls to you, you know, in a deeper league at you know, in the beginning of the second round, I wouldn't hesitate to take him. Me either. So uh, the other, uh, one of the other receivers, Randall Cobb. So he struggled with ankle injuries last year, and you know, everyone thought that when Jordy Nelson would come back, he he would be able to produce more because uh, he'd have uh, more volume um, in the middle. The defense would be playing back to keep uh, Jordy from going to the house, but you know, he still didn't really produce. He at any, if anything, he might be just kind of like a cheap way to like you know get. Uh, exposure to Rodgers because you know he's one of the best quarterbacks at throwing the ball, but uh, you know I don't see him. I don't see picking him in, unless it's wide receiver like forty five or so late, late. Yeah, he really shined when Nelson was gone, but with Nelson's return and the addition of Martellus Bennett, I can't really see Cobb being uh, as relevant as he has in the past. Yeah, and, and I think a big part of that is uh, Devontae Adams, you know. So he last year got caught 75 balls for almost 1,000 yards, uh, 12 touchdowns, which is pretty high. Um, you know, it looks like he'll remain as the number two receiver, and I think he's earned Rodgers' approval, which is really key for this offense and this team. Uh, McCarthy wants Rodgers to like the players he's playing with, so he usually uh, goes off of what he wants. You know, I think his touchdowns might regress, but he's still going to be a solid, you know, second option in this offense and a complimentary receiver to a Jordy. I'd probably pick him around wide receiver 22 or so, I think. Um, what do you think? That sounds about right. The, so the question here is also going to be, what does Ty Montgomery do? Last year he was converted to a running back. Um, he's tr- still built like a receiver and can work out of the slot and he's just a versatile player, and he can really knock into those uh, touches that Cobb or Adams might get. Especially yeah, just since, the guy. Yeah, go ahead. Keep going. Let's say, especially since Cobb uh, is frequently used out of the backfield prior to Montgomery's uh, full-time switch to running back after the injuries last year. Yeah, d- actually just the guy I was about to talk about for the running game. So, yeah, the you know the hybrid running back receiver, he uh, ran for 457 yards, Actually averaged 5.7 yards per carry, which is pretty good. Three touchdowns, and even in the receiving game, 44 receptions, 348 yards. You know, he found a pretty comfortable role in this offense, and he's one of the more elusive uh, running back or receivers in the league. I think he's he's going to remain the starter. I think McCarthy really liked the role and the offense and the way the offense worked when he was in that position. So, uh, with the potential full season of work, I think he might see a top 20 season, uh, assuming he stays healthy. We'll have to see. I mean, most of his yardage came on big plays. He wasn't able to uh, really grind it out very well. Um, yeah, I remember that big run against Chicago. Is, uh, the I first too. one that comes to mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, and also, the Packers drafted three running backs last year, or in 2017. So they've got three young guys uh, ready to go. And so it'll be quite the camp battle to see who pans out. You're definitely going to need to watch in the preseason to see who emerges as the leader of this pack. Yeah, and they do not hesitate to just quickly pull guys from roles if they don't think that they're uh, giving them the production they need. Um, we've seen that with pretty much anybody that's not named Aaron Rodgers or Jordy Nelson. Agreed. Um, well, 
Also, in addition, uh, the running game, they've lost TJ Lang, the guard, and JC Treader, the center this year. And with Josh Sitton uh, leaving for the Bears last year, uh, they've really rotated things up front. And you're going to have to be able to see if that if they get the same blocking that they have in the past. Yeah, didn't they struggle well, keeping guys healthy in the offensive line last year too? They did. Uh, I don't know exactly how many games they lost uh, to for those guys, but they were frequently seemed to be rotating guys in and out. Yeah, David. Bakhtari. Any other players? Uh, none other than uh, did we talk about Martellus Bennett? No, go ahead. Uh, with Mar- Martellus Bennett and Lance Kendricks uh, arriving in Green Bay, so we'll have to see how they do. Everyone knows Martellus Bennett's talent. He everywhere he's gone, he's produced except Dallas. Uh, he's just big target, athletic. He can block. He can do it all. So I think he's going to fit great into this offense. Unfortunately, since I'm a Bears fan. Uh, but replacing Jared Cook's role, uh, he should excel there. I mean, everyone remembers uh, when Rodgers ha- had big tight end targets, and now he's got one again. Yep. So um, I think for this team, uh, my prediction is about 11-5. and five. I think they're going to pretty much just roll through this division. And uh, while they actually might struggle uh, once again at the beginning of the season, the first two games they play Seattle and then at Atlanta, just say it with me, Drew. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. (laughs) So I think they have a potential for a bye, um, considering I don't see too, too many other teams in the NFC uh, uh, winning that many games. But uh, what do you think? I think 11-5 and sounds about right. They definitely have the firepower to do better. As long as Rodgers is taking snaps for them, they can – they can take that team as far as they want. I mean, they went 15 and one just a few years ago. Um, but 11 and five sounds about right. And the NFC North uh, is pretty, I think is going to be pretty good this year. So overall, I mean, that's good enough for a buy. And I think that's good enough for them. All right. So it's uh, it's that time, Drew. So let's go ahead and talk about those Chicago Bears. I'm going to just give it a quick little update and then let you take it away. So Bears last year, they go three and 13. Obviously, everyone knows first-round pick Mitchell Trubinsky, North QB, North Carolina. They add uh, Victor Cruz and Mark Sanchez, uh, but they lose, obviously, your favorite, your boy, Jay Cutler. Jay Cutler! And uh, out they lose uh, Alshon Jeffrey as well. So uh, I'm going to give you your time. Go ahead and take it away, buddy. All right. The Bears last year, really, uh, the problem was scoring. They were 15th in total yards, but 28th in scoring. And with a tur- high turnover at the quarterback position, they started Jay Cutler, uh, Matt Barkley, Brian Hoyer, and none of those guys really stuck. Uh, two of those guys went on IR, and Matt Barkley threw 14 interceptions in four games or something ridiculous like that. So they cut all those guys and bring in two new guys. Uh, they traded up for Mitch Trubisky and... Um, Mike Glenn and they brought in Mike Glennon. So we'll have to see how they go. I mean, the quarterback is going to be a huge question mark. Uh, right now, the plan seems to be to start Glennon, but again, who knows? They could start Trubisky. I wouldn't take either of these guys, honestly. Um, but then again, yeah, I the, think, go ahead, go ahead. But the offense moved last year with guys like Barkley and Hoyer uh, at the helm. So, We'll have to see what the Bears offensive coordinator can do with these two new guys who haven't been in the system very long. 
Um, yeah, I think Glennon will be the starter early on, but I think they kind of might turn him more into like a game manager. Um, you know, he Trevinsky could definitely take over down the stretch. So for fantasy fantasy purpose purposes, I'm just staying away from this entire situation. Agreed. Um, really seems like there's maybe two players to have on this team, and it's Howard or Cam Meredith. Yep, just who I was going to talk about. So Cam Meredith, last year, 66 receptions, 888 yards, four touchdowns. He led the team in yards, targets, receptions, and I think he's going to remain uh, the number one receiver again. So now that Alshon Jeffrey is gone, he could even see more looks. Really the only question is, like we just talked about, is can the QB, A, get him the ball? But I think what's uh, more important is can he sus- can they sus- sustain drives long enough for him to really produce and get those touchdowns? You know, I think maybe I would I would take him late, uh, somewhere between uh, wide receiver thirty five to forty, just because he is still the number one receiver. But uh, what do you think? I agree. Um, you know, he's only been a, he was played quarterback in college for two years before switching to receiver, and this is only his third year. He's still learning the position. He seems to have a lot of the skills necessary, but we haven't seen him be a true number one for more than a couple games when teams didn't have much tape on him. You know, it is nice to see that he produced consistently with several different quarterbacks, but overall, uh, it all it'll come down to how creative can the offensive coordinator get with this guy, considering the overall lack of talent on the team. Um, but he has the tools to be a good player, so taking him late, he could be a, a solid steal. So in the running game, we got Jordan Howard. So once he uh, stepped up to the starting role, he rushed for uh, 1,313 yards, 5.2 yards per carry, and six touchdowns. It's looking like he's going to remain the starter for next season, and I think he actually might have a little decent uh, receiving role as well. And, uh, you know, for all the Bears lost, um, for everything that they lost this season, they actually it looks like they're going to keep their entire line intact. Um, I think he should be a top 10 running back drafted this year. Um but uh, that's probably the only player that is really the standout for this team. But what do you think? Uh, what do you think about Jordan Howard and uh, any other players uh, on the on this team? Howard seems to me like a late first round pick. Uh, if you're feeling really ballsy, you could take him in the middle or early. But I mean, overall, again, with the lack of uh, turnover at the O line, he and he he ran really well behind those guys. They seemed like a perfect fit together. Uh, he's he's slimmed down this year, much like Le'Veon Bell did after his rookie year. Uh, he's really trying to, I think, model his play after that. He's been great in pass blocking. He's take he can take some screen passes. His one weakness is that he just doesn't have the home run speed. He can't just he can't take off an an eighty yard run and take it to the house. So you really have to be patient with him. He might not have a good game all the time, um, but he's going to end up, you know, with averaging a hundred yards a game, much like he did last year in his 13 starts. All right. So, uh, my, you know, my prediction for this team is about four and 12. I think it's going to be a rough seasons, a rough season. And, uh, for many reasons for the bears, but, uh, you know, hopefully they will be rewarded for uh, trading up for Trubinsky. But what do you think? I think seven and nine is more reasonable. Um, what, what, what gets overlooked last year is the amount of injuries on the defense. They had, uh 20 something guys on injured reserve uh they only got to start their um starters on the defensive front down the stretch last year and when they finally were able to do that they had leonard floyd pernell mcphee akeem hicks eddie goldman all those guys uh making huge contributions uh 
sacking the quarterback, t- tackles for losses. They were truly uh, just fun to watch, really. Um, they got it done so many different ways. It'll come down for the defense, the secondary. Um, they, there's not many improvements were made there other than drafting uh, safety Eddie Jackson. Uh, but he seems to be a, the center fielder the Bears have been looking for for several years now. They haven't drafted a good safety since around 03. Uh, All right, but, well, I like the prediction. Yeah, if that defense can hang in there and they can control the ball with Howard, they really just the difference for them is going to be can they put the ball in the end zone, which they were abysmal at last year. All right, well, that's uh, that's enough NFL. Let's go ahead and uh, switch on over to some college football, specifically uh, the alma mater, Drew. Um, let's go ahead and talk about those Longhorns. So not a good thing to start off with, but, uh, yeah, Foreman arrested. Uh, he had right here in uh, Austin, I believe, a marijuana possession and an unlawful weapon. Uh, you know, it kind of looks really bad at first. At least the guy waited until after the draft, so that way it didn't impact his, uh, you know, his, his spot. But... His lawyer says he owned the gun legally and that he, like, he had it registered and the pot belonged to his friend and he didn't smoke it. But, I mean, you know, what else is your lawyer going to say? So we'll see about uh, what happens with that, but definitely not good, that's for sure. Right. As long, if the weapon is his and he's got the documentation for it, that can be all good and well. But the drugs being his friends that sounds like a bit of a cop-out it just worries me whenever these guys go back to their you know college town i guess austin's not really a town but when they go back to their college town after they you know not even made it in the nfl yet they just got drafted uh like you know another texas guy who i have a lot of experience watching uh cedric benson running back he used to go back to austin all the time in the off seasons and he always seemed to be getting in fights I think he got a couple DWIs before the Bears cut ties with him. You know, it, I, you just hope that doesn't happen again. Hopefully he learns from this. Yeah, the funny thing, too, is like he was like outside a dorm, I believe, uh, is what I read. So I don't know. I don't know why. They, if you're going to do it, like you don't do you not have someone else like an apartment or something. Seem odd. So uh, um, let's go ahead and talk about the recruiting class. Uh, currently, they rank seventh on ESPN in terms of what they have so far. They have a. Three other, they have gotten three of the top ten prospects from Texas, including safety B.J. Foster. Uh, what do you think so far, Drew? You know, hopefully we can get these guys to actually commit more than verbally. Uh, like you said, right now we have the seventh class. Um, we need to get these guys on paper. Yeah, I, I really think I, we've had great classes the past few years. I mean, Chuck recruited very well while he was here, but you got to turn these guys into – studs you got to turn them into players you know right they're just a bunch of names that we've had so i'll wait and see how good these guys are until we actually can make them yeah, produce. very good point um the one good thing tom herman is uh, showing a lot of promise um, with recruiting so far so a lot of players are saying that his practices seem more intense than when they came the year before uh they, they're saying that it's just you know coaches are talking smack they're getting players energized um, but what I really like about Tom Herman is that he likes Austin Powers. And he likes, likes Austin Powers so much that he named his son's middle name Danger solely based off Austin Powers. So, you know, that's why I'm liking Tom Herman. Uh, what do you think, Drew, of the coach so far? Well, other than naming his son Danger, uh, I really I really like one thing he did is he came into the program and as much as, much as – Texas football has already 
he said there needs to be change. Uh, he didn't come in. I felt like Chuck came in and he wanted to change the culture of the team, but Herman actually wanted, you know, they've, he says, we don't have enough here. Uh, we need to be, like, as far as like even equipment goes to get better. He was really looking to make tangible changes to make our guys the best they can be. Uh, so if he can Keep do going. that, I, I, I'll be pretty happy with him. I think he's got uh, great recruiting in Texas. And again, like you're talking about the players, they say their practices are more intense. They say they're night and day compared to what Chuck did with these boys. Yeah, I've read the same thing. Any other thoughts on uh, UT or uh, football in general, college football? Uh, like Charlie was saying a couple of weeks ago, months ago, he, he recruited well, too. It's time to bake the cake for those guys. Totally agree. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the bullshit. So the first thing I kind of want to talk about is what is going on with these gender reveal parties? Um, you know, it's it. I've seen a couple that look really adorable and fun and cute and all that, but there has just been a ton that have just been going either wrong and horribly wrong or – um, the first, I mean, you got a couple, they decide they want to reveal their, their gender of their baby by the guy hits a baseball with the, uh, his baseball bat. So his wife throws him the ball straight at him, like literally right at his body. So obviously the guy just takes the pitch and it hits him and it just, the pink paint splashes all over him. And what was supposed to be a fun athletic way to reveal his baby. Now his clothes are all ruined and his driveway <laughs> is just covered in pink paint. So I thought that was really funny. Another one, uh, this couple like asked a doctor to order some balloons uh, representing the, the gender of their baby, and they asked him not to tell him. The, the doctor is really old and confused, so he, he tells some story to just give them the, some babies and tell them what the gender is of their baby in the bottom. So they open their box expecting it to be blue or pink, and it just ends up being a rainbow-color mess, and they have no <laughs> idea what the, what the gender of their baby is. Um and then the last, I mean, there's even, it's even gone so far to deaths, shooting, crime. An Ohio family, they try to have a gender reveal party when two men come in there, shoot up the place, eight children are shot, and one lady's dead. So I don't know what's going on out there. You know, just, just stay in the doctor's office, find out your gender there. You don't, have to, you don't have to risk your life. You don't have to risk your driveway, your slacks. Just take it easy, people. Yeah, just bake a cake like a normal person that says it's a boy, it's a girl, and post that on Facebook. You don't need to go through all these crazy hoops just to, you know, show the internet how cool you are. I totally, I mean, and I feel bad for the person that died. Like, that's horrible, but I mean, that is just, it's just getting ridiculous out there. So, right before this, Drew, I swear to you, I ordered Jimmy John's when my, my, my order's a little late, which I don't, you know, I don't care about, but Did it say you know, the it's guy a comes boy up to and the, mustard? <laughs> uh, the guy comes up he comes to the front gate and he's shaking like crazy and he hands me the the the, the meal and he's like sorry i was like hit on a hit by a car on the way over here and he was on his bicycle so <laughs> which is i i was like i looked at the guy like oh my god and then you know he's shaking his freaking arms are all cut and bruised up and uh but you know and so then he hands me the receipt and i mean i did not know what to do at this point how much do you tip a guy who literally got hit and run to give you his sandwich. Uh, what do you think, Drew? Oh, man. How much do you tip the guy? It's got to be I mean, more this than... Sound, yeah. Uh, what do you think? Value of the sandwich. 
That's all I can justify. I mean, we got to bring in uh, Eric Stairs for some decisiveness for this topic because, I mean, I didn't know what to do. I mean, I felt no matter what I was going to tip, it was not enough. And then the worst part, I mean, he was like, yeah, if anything's messed up, just let me know. I'll uh, <laughs> call the store and then they'll bring out another sandwich. And, I mean, I felt bad, but the sandwich was messed up. I mean, that thing was like – it was all like cracked in half. The sandwich was all falling apart in the bag. So, uh, you know, I felt bad, but I uh, yeah, called in another one. I mean, <laughs> I hope that guy didn't get hit. I hoped he didn't get hit by a car. And But, uh, you know, I wanted, a, I wanted a good sandwich. I paid good money for it. I tipped well. I, t- I ended up tipping 50%. Um, so hopefully I don't get uh, hated for that. But I think uh, that was about appropriate. No, that's fair. I mean, there's no dash cam footage and you can't tell, you know, maybe he <laughs> cut the, maybe it was his own fault. So. I mean, he was he was definitely look, uh, looked uh, pretty freaked out. So, anything else you want to talk about, Drew? I have you on. I think that's about it. I had a good time talking NFL with you. All right. So uh, go ahead and follow uh, at the BBB podcast on iTunes and on Twitter at the BBB Pod. For Drew, I'm your host Joey Morales. See you later, folks.